Hello, Jared. Come on. How you doing today, man? Uh, I'm great. You know, when I, a couple, three weeks, four weeks ago, I was whining about the weather. Well, that's that's a long time ago. Cause could 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 we get any better weather? Uh, not on a day like today. Um, we've got what is it? Eighty. Sunny, sunny, breezy. You look at the X extended forecast. It looks like pictures of sun, no rain, and quality temps for a good portion of the way out. Until they put the forecast up and it says it's going to be beautiful tomorrow, and then we wake up and it'll be 98, 172% humidity. I think we're too early for that. And I the mean, asphalt maybe. will be melting. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Those. I'm okay with that, too. I'd rather have that than the cold, rainy, windy oh, bullshit. Hell no. Uh, no. Cold. I mean, look, if it's cold, you put on a coat. If it's 138 degrees, what are you going to do? Sweat and drink beer, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, some of us don't have a pool in Wentzville <laughs> with a green egg and a Blackstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. well, we are back in the loo. Um, came back from the weekend in Cincinnati. The boys split. Uh, one good, one bad. Uh, we had the privilege of speaking to the Mr. Pat Noonan, head coach, FC Cincinnati, St. Louis uh, alum, Desmet High, IU, et cetera. It was, it, and we were just talking before we started up the, uh, the machine here. The number of messages and comments and compliments on that episode have been very, very high. Not to say that other episodes haven't received the same, but it's coming in fast and furious. And I think that's a testament to him and, and just how good he is. Well, we use this word often on the show and, and multiple of the successful people that we've had on um, love the world. It's kind of a it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a flashpoint word uh, a pedigree. I mean, does it get higher? I mean, is that guy not the biggest ace with the best resume, with the brightest future, and humble? I mean, that's a reoccurring theme. These people that have been successful, I know why I'm kind of a turd, because I'm not very humble. And, and, <laughs> no. and, these, and these people that are really successful. You know, really the first step in recovery is admitting you have a problem. I so. mean, these guys, I mean, he, he's done it all, and he's got a lot of things going. He's got a cooking and he just comes off like a flipping ace. I mean, I, I, I mean, what a blast. What a, what a blast to uh, a good way to end a great weekend. Well, you know, the thing is, like, within that generation, the, the, the Noonans, the Taylors, the Brad Davises, et cetera, you know, and, and we're only talking about the St. Louis names, let alone all the other uh, players from across the country that were thriving, playing high-level MLS, receiving the accolades, playing at the national team level. When you look at what Pat is doing right now, he, his momentum is is picking up even more speed kind of in this next phase of his career. He's number one in the East. They moved up to the second uh, overall in the league power rankings. They play uh, Red Bulls tonight, Open Cup, uh, round of 16 game. He's got it cooking, and he's just... I, I personally, I loved the cadence. You know, I, I use that word a lot personally. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. He was smooth. He was very methodical, but his answers were not contrite. Um, you believe him? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 well said. I um, I'm rooting for him. Um, I think that, and, and I kind of joked about it about the U.S. men's national team job. Um, 
we've had some guys domestically um, get their shot there, and they often haven't had the best coaching record per se before they were given that shot. And I, he, he's young and, and he's new to the game, and and, and I you know wish him continued success but if he gets this ball rolling and he has a lot of success i mean you know in years to come he's got to be a name i mean he just flat out does well i think if he continues to produce he clearly has what appears to be the mental stability right and in the way that he presents it and moves through the the ecosystem yeah he's succeeding yeah absolutely uh, his name will make that that short list i i you know i thought a lot about the conversation that we had specifically and what he said on um um winning losing um development that whole sect of the conversation um yeah and been been trying to apply it to my thinking to just being a fan or a father of of our of a boy in our group um the thing that I can take away with it from our organization and our kids and the results this weekend and the results, you know, of, of this season in general is our kids have it. They are they are damn good players and they can really put it together. I, I think it goes back to that word process if we're looking at it as a whole. And, it, and it's about playing the style the club wants them to play it. And it's about stringing together multiple games in a weekend or multiple games in a, in a, in a week-long event to where um, they can play the style and the press can work. It just the sky's the limit for these kids, and, and I, I think they have a lot. Their their, their future is bright. Well, the, the one other thing I want to touch on, and then we'll move on to another topic, <clears throat> is from the conversation with him is really the uh, the insight, the advice that he gave in regards to uh, don't. Don't overthink it. Don't overvalue your current situation. You know, we were we were talking about the role social media plays on anointing the next best thing or the next mm-hmm. great thing. You know, and, and you can really extrapolate it down to any child at any level. Look, these coaches at all levels, they just want to see a good kid that can compete, that can be consistent, and that can be taught. And if they do those things trying to squeeze the it out of it so that they go to whatever level is their own personal expectation or the parent's expectation. Don't overthink that. Just have fun, play a lot of sports, play hard, learn to compete, and be a good teammate. And you'll have an opportunity. It it seems so simple, but I I mean, it's not that simple in the grand scheme of things for all of us that are living it. I mean, it's just Well, well said. Well, so now what I want to do, I want to jump back an episode because when we rolled into the last uh, conversation with Pat, we usually we give a recap of the previous episode. Uh, we had Jen Seis, uh Gansner on from Mind to Define, uh, who she's currently, uh, Mind to Define is her business. She helps coach uh, kind of mental coaching for young youth athletes, specifically primarily in soccer, but does work with other sports. And... I, I, I want to bring that one back up because if you didn't catch it, go catch it. Um, she just, much like Pat, but in a much different way, it, clearly at a different, uh, from a different environment and a level, the value that she's providing to these kids, because I noticed the last couple of days on socials, she was sitting down with a Lou Fuse 08 girls team uh, and a couple others. It just illustrates how important focusing on the mental preparedness is for all of these kids. So 
Look, doesn't mean give her a call and sign up or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying right now is just give it a listen so you can hear these people that are spending, you know, their, their working hours helping our children navigate the part of the process that 99% of all coaches ignore. So that's, that's my PSA for episode 49. Go back, check out Coach Jen. Uh, she did a brilliant job. Um, yeah, she she's great. I mean, uh, she and you can tell she's a lot of fun. Um, she she had a good time. Yeah. She was happy. Um, that's just the people you want to surround yourself with. Just just people in our game um, that that have knowledge, um, that care, um, and, and provide value. And she just she just flat out if if she just provides value. And if you, if you're around her, she's just one of those people that 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 you like to surround yourself with. You know, she's a lot of fun. Two non-sopic, uh, non-sopic, that would be soccer topics for short, uh, that I'd like to touch on real quick before we introduce our guest for the day. Uh, question for you, Jared. Number one, have you started the great season three yet? No, because I'm going to binge it all. <laughs> be prepared. And for those of you that are listening, we've talked about this on previous episodes, the great on Hulu. If you haven't, do it, do it and enjoy and say thank Thank you to us later. Uh, we prefer cold yellow beers as gratitude. Uh, the second topic that I'd like to bring up to you is the debate of GOAT. And I think last night ended it, in my opinion. It's always been ended, in my opinion. But LeBron James just got swept. Did you see him walk off the court after the game? Were you watching the game? I don't watch him. I just read the headlines and expect him to do stupid shit. Yeah. On the court. Off the court, he's he him and Mother well Teresa. He played well last night, but that dude they're playing is a flipping hammer. Sure. And neither one of them is Michael Jordan. No. So, can we? is it safe to say the debate's over? Do you know what my 14-year-old said as we were watching it around the barbecue pit? You mean he, your backyard oasis? Yes. He said that, and this is when I think the Lakers were up 21, and they were down 3-0 in the series. I can't believe you said this. If LeBron wins this series and goes ahead and wins this year, is the, I mean, is he not the great dad? I'm like, no. I mean, and we can get into this for hours and hours and hours, but the defensive game and the hand checking and no, because it's not the same game. And I, I, you know, I love his longevity. I love all that stuff. I just didn't like the way he carried himself after he, I mean, he had the ball in his hands down two with seconds left yeah. and he just looked like a, it didn't didn't go well for me. He didn't even get a shot up. Well, I just I, I think just the 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 ten thousand foot takeaway is still goes into you know the 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 beloved debate to determine goat or otherwise. And I think that uh, I think the debate is over. Jordan solidified, hands down. I'm down. I'm down with that. You cool with that? You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna roll out real quick. And we're going to bring our guest on, on the flip side of our refills. See you. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, 
while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now... We hit the button too soon. Back to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a sensitive one. Yep. So uh, sorry, Kim. We'll we'll play it all the way through next time. <clears throat> all right, Jared. What do you think? Are you ready for uh, uh, rosés and pickleball after you hear that commercial? I'm ready for clubhouse, Guinnesses, and chicken wings, and a round of golf, and then fire and whiskey at the fire pit at the place afterwards yeah, yeah i'm with you. keep all the other shit yeah pickleballs for all those fat people that can't play tennis let's get that out of the way yeah we know that yep um yep. 48 <clears throat> uh you have to be 49 or older nice call there man <laughs> <laughs> so hey, we, we have to we, we we have to say um because i can just see it in your face um you know we had our intro we're about to roll out our guest um we have to talk about where we're at because you were just like, I was just you're, like say that. you're you're like in a candy store right now. Look, it's there are a few places in this world that are my favorite place. Number one is uh, at home on the couch with my family, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, close number two would be Costa Rica fishing. <clears throat> number three would be this place. And it's it's quickly rising up the ranks on your list too. I do like it. Um, it's far, so I can't really like it as much as I want to like it. Yeah, because see, everything then I'll is, go to jail. Everything is far for you though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Melly or wherever you're at out there. I'm in Hannibal. <clears throat> Amsterdam Tavern. Thanks to Lyle and, and Matt and crew for allowing us steal steal some powers and drink some beers. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, it's time for our guest. Um, really been looking forward to this one. We've, uh, uh, we've, we've been crossing paths for a while, uh, uh, sidelines at the facilities. He is an ultimate soccer dad. Um, he is the director of a club that we will talk about in just a second. And I, I have saved the walk-up song for him. Are you, is everybody ready here? Here we go. We're going to get back to the OG days. Here's your walk-up, man. And he's bouncing. Let's I, go. I believe he picked this for for uh, uh, City, right? Did yeah. you want City to play? Yeah. When they go red before the game starts. Yes. Oh, that'd be good. How dope With would that the be? smoke. That'd be good. When they go red, it's crazy. I love it. Goosebumps. When they go red. It is goosebumpy. Well, yeah. welcome to the show, Mr. Jason Glover. Thank you. The... First official soccer dad of a homegrown player at City SC. I'm, I think that's the first time somebody's ever said that to me. Actually, I, you have never never thought about that way. I don't think anybody's actually brought it up to me personally. Yeah, we, the like first that. ever um, kid born in 2007 that has played in our professional league here. Correct. How about that? I know. I mean, it's surreal shit. I mean, the 2007 kid playing. Well, no, we can't screw the dad shit because he's on our show. But no, yeah, I don't, no, no, I'm don't care about that. I'm Look, totally it, good with no, that. No, it's like Jeff Sargent, right? Yep. Look, Josh, you're cool and all, but, but you're not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always say I wish I was my kids because I think I'm a pretty good dad. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You get a little reverse psychology yeah, there. 
Yeah. Well, uh, put it out there uh, for all to hear. I, I want to congratulate you just out of the gate for the successes that Caden is experiencing, that he's being provided, the opportunities he's being provided. Um, Deservedly so. Uh, yeah, incredibly. I mean, for all for all of us that have been, we've seen him for a couple of years now, uh, you know, in those early teen years and before out of Gallagher playing on those fields. He was special out of the gate. Uh, so I just want to say congratulations. I mean, you and your wife and your family, you guys, I mean, you, you have to be it's c- kind of over the moon slash surreal. How, how's it going? <laughs> when you put it like that, <laughs> it's, it actually makes me take a step back and think about how important and special that it really is because I think in the day-to-day grind you probably lose sight of what's actually happening and and in particular for him because he has been in the St. Louis soccer scene for many years and so a lot of people do know him and now that it's sort of public that he's in the club and he's on the first team and he's getting a lot of minutes with the second team and He's obviously with the academy group as needed, you know, based on the club needs. It's incredible. And you left off the other team that he happens to go and play with every now and then too. Might have heard of him, uh, U.S. national team, right? Mm, yeah. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. The, <laughs> Is that part of the surreal part? that you Heard of him. Well, <laughs> to, to maybe even talk about when he was playing against Belgium, he wasn't going to go in. And the other nine got hurt. And so when he did get subbed in, I I just was telling, we were watching it, just me and my wife. And I was like, just give him the ball. Just give him the ball. He'll score. And then when they made their little transaction of a couple of different passes, and as soon as he got it, and it was the perfect touch, it perfectly set him up, and he killed the goalie. And and that's, that's what I've seen since he was extremely little he just has that ability to turn it on when it's needed and it it was a great moment it's probably his greatest goal but I've seen goals in with my own eyes that just you go wow so I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions situational questions of timing uh, and experiences. So let's start with the one that you just, the story you just told is you guys are sitting there watching this game. You know, what, what was going through your head? I mean, obviously you're thinking, just give him the ball, just give him the ball. He's going to do it. But once you saw him do it, at what point did your coaching slash common sense, give my son the ball brain switch off and the dad that's like, holy shit, that's my son that just did that switch yeah. on. And what, what was the reaction between you and your wife at that point? I, I'm going to be really blunt in saying that I haven't really thought about it until we're just now talking. <laughs> because it's, it's just day to day. And I think as soon as it was over, over, of course, we were super excited. But we couldn't celebrate just outside of my wife and I because our other kids were in school. Caden is in no contact zone because he doesn't have an international phone plan so we can't even talk to him until he gets back to the hotel their timeline is totally different than ours italy united states so 
by the time we actually talked to him, it was hours and hours past. So the excitement is, uh, it's, it's, it's lonely Yeah, because it's just, and, and it's my wife and I, but it happened and it was such a big moment. And we're like, after the game, we're like, I guess I'll go back to work. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. Look at each other and say, were you like, well, I was his coach and she was like, well, I gave birth. <laughs> right. I mean, was there like it, some kind of like give and take I think there? we were just like, now what? Like, you don't know what yeah. to do. It was so magnificent. Because of the moment and what they were trying to accomplish, the team was really good, and then they do it, and then you're like, "I guess I'll I have a three o'clock call I got to get on," (laughs) and then I don't know I I just I probably even went training that night and just went about the day. It's it's weird when it happens when your kids are so little, Mm -hmm. and you want you want the accolades you want all of it and then like the universe just says no he owns it and it's his pathway and you go you learn you learn as a parent as as you're going through this that you say yeah this is his deal and he owned it and then other things happened you know because of that and the the club has been amazingly supportive from top to bottom they, they have really just taken him on and, and they've been so good to him. So when that happened, it was like, that's our guy. And, yeah. and yeah, they've just, awesome. they, they've, they've propped him up. And I got such a funny story um, that, that I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you because I, before I forget to say it, um, Kevin Thibodeau, um, yeah. great Thieves, trainer, yeah. Yeah. great, you know, Caden's coach for, for a lot of years. Um, one of the best trainers we have in this in this city. Um, I remember because our boys are in the in, close in age and you know kind of in that 07, 08, under 12s, 13s age group. There would be oftentimes that our kids would practice together, mm-hmm. and they would do mixed scrimmages because it was kind of the puberty weird year where you guys developed and the younger team didn't, and so it wouldn't be fair just to have the 07s just hammer the 08s. So um, they would they would mix the, the the coaches had a tough task so they would mix the kids together, and I remember uh, seeing Kevin after one of those mixed scrimmages, and um, he was like I was like how did the scrimmage go, and he's like well we mixed them and it was pretty competitive but we just had to take Caden off the field because whatever team Caden was on it, it just is not fair we did, he just killed everybody <laughs> yeah. it, <laughs> and I was like uh, that's tough Kev that's tough so I I, I mean that, that, that's just kind of what you're referencing like the the, the the kid is just he's so advanced size yeah. and skill wise for his age yeah, yeah. and so what I, I'm really curious what I want to kind of stay in the lane is kind of the phase that you're in right now um and we'll talk about the youth soccer a little bit later after we get refills because I'm sure we're going to need more beer here. Um, when he was kind of wrapping up at Gallagher, yeah. you know, when he was you know at, at the academy level, Jared's right. I mean, I, I remember watching him out there. It's like you know, that, that's our Danny Almonte. I use that name often on this show. Right? Yeah, uh, he he was just a man among boys. Uh, City Academy comes to fruition. Everybody knows that he's going that way. He enters into the system, and then he just really hit the ground running. Um, talk a little bit about the early days at City, uh, and you obviously being, you're a lifer. 
You know, we, yeah. we graduated the same year of high school. Yeah. You played high school ball, played college ball. You're running the club. You've been around the game your whole life, specifically St. Louis soccer. Right. And so whenever you saw Caden put on the City Academy kit and going to the training and, you know, he, he's already in fifth gear, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what, what was that process and thought? Uh, what was going through your head at that time as far as, holy shit, what's going on? What's next? Well, when they had the first... <clears throat> training at Creef Corps it was at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. and the coaches had a bet on who was going to arrive first and some of the coaches were like well, I think it's going to be this kid I think it's going to be that kid but a majority of the coaches said it's going to be Caden now he has parents of course so he's not driving but of right. course we showed up first and from from that point forward it was like you could see the club and it's complete infancy because it was basically it was just the 2005s they were the first ones to train and they were out there but the the whole club the coaches were all there and they were just creating what is now you know 20 something thousand stadium one of the best teams in the league one of the best academies in the league and right. when you look back to that particular time, that whatever day it was, a Wednesday or something, like that's where the club actually launched. And, and I can remember we met with Lutz about, a, I don't know, four or five months before all this happened. And he said, we're going to play you with the uh, 2005s. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if you just get rostered, like training would be great, but if you just yeah. get rostered for a game over the moon, like that's going to be an accomplishment. And then all of that happened, and then he's rostered, and then he's playing, and then it was like, if you could just get a shot on goal or get a goal, and then it was baby, like baby steps. Yeah, everything. all of these things that started compounding, and then it was, you know, adding and adding and adding. And uh, from the point of, of being a parent, but being a St. Louis lifer and being able to kind of put your thumbprint on like, this is the club and seeing it before anybody else even knew. And then like the first home game and all of the fans were there and the Luligans are, you know, they've got their band set up and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, It's all at the very, very beginning stages of it. And, and he's a part of it. And, so when he when he signed, Bradley said, you know, he's a part of club history. And I was like, gosh, you know, you go. You go <laughs> yeah, to- but did you say to him, so am I? I'm <laughs> yeah, the no, no, I did not. I, in fact, you know, no. Uh, it, my wife and I, they, they, it's funny, when they took all the pictures on the field, yeah. they had these golf carts. And, of course, everybody jumped on. And there was no more room for my wife and I. So we started walking. And they were like, no, 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 we'll come back and get you. I was like, no, I'm walking. Like, I, I do not need a golf cart ride. Like, this is, and you go under the tunnel and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, this is the real deal. Yeah. And so just to be able to see it all come together, be there for the first game in the stadium, but being there for SIUE. At that, at those games, being at the two Sloot, games, yeah, yeah, you know, like you, you see all of this happening, and then I go, my kid's involved because it just doesn't, your brain doesn't operate t- to where you go, yeah, right, my kid's involved. You go, 
oh my god my kid's involved and then you know we're picking him up after the game while everybody else is getting in their car yeah and and that just from from a dad point of view it's weird it's it's, it's, it's weird <laughs> that's perfect i mean it's gotta be weird it's it's just gotta be um bizarre i mean i mean it's just just the the because you're so humble about it and the kid carries himself with such grace uh, and, and you guys have, have raised him that way i mean it's just not like you don't ever have the attitude and nor does he like oh this is what's supposed to happen and you know everybody's just grateful for what's going on and he's earned every freaking thing he's gotten and it's funny you say it's just it's weird <laughs> you know well well as i mean as a as a player of the game as a student of the game as a coach and a mentor you know is it when you see kind of your best student who also happens to be your son yeah who now he is in the uh possession you know for mm-hmm. lack of a better term yeah. of the club down you know down to the nth degree when it comes to soccer you know that that was a rapid stopping point for you because a lot of us are still clearly very engaged around our boys but you you know Caden has accelerated so fast how has that transition been from always on to now not well I I've had a, a great relationship with other dads who have gone through this and They've all said, like, at some point, the switch in your brain just says, I got to let him do it. Was it Claudia Reina? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think he's ever turned it off. Yeah, right. Apparently. Yeah, apparently he's, you know, aggressive or, you know, he's got his own thought process. But He's opinionated. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> my, my personal, I, I couldn't imagine not being at everything. And then I was in Austin last year for work for the Dell uh, match play event and Austin FC and city were playing together. So I went to the game and then I was going to go to the golf tournament. And when the game was over, you know, Austin's kind of got that setup where the pitch. Yeah. And you just like walk to the locker room as a player and the parents are kind of shuffled in a different direction. And he just left and got on the bus and went to Dallas, and I was like, "Whoa, that is! Uh, I have to, I have to grow up." Do you need any money? that's exactly Kane, right. Kane just left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our kids are always like, "I'm hungry," you yeah. know, so they find well, us quick. Well, and then he's learned how to travel. Yeah. He's learned how to get food if you want it. If you gotta make sure you pack all your stuff. You got to make sure that you go to bed on time, that your your nutritional schedule is, you know, on par with what you're trying to accomplish. And I felt like as a parent, hey, I used to be the, I, I could still be the dad where if I'm in the hotel and he's there, I'm like, don't forget your shin guards. Don't forget your, your, your shoes, you know, your, your home and away kit. Where's your bag at? Right. You know, like I could still turn that on. Have but, you had to go to the stadium yet um, <laughs> after he's left to go pick his phone up or like to go? I left my cleats Dad, there, Dad. I, I got two left shoes so, here. Can you bring me a right? You know, well, when you do leave things and you're on the team, you get a fine. So if you leave your shoes, you know, 
out on the field or whatever. You leave some, they find, you know. So there's a, a pretty good life. Yeah, there's a life lesson. Yeah. And and so he's paid it. And and that's just, yeah. it's a different. Has, has he been fined? Yeah, he left his shoes in Florida on the field oh. and it's 40 bucks. And so I was like, hey, dude, that's your 40, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ask you to Venmo him? <laughs> Come on, dad. Exactly. But I probably would have. Because I feel bad that um, we're not there. But then I also know that in order for him to do what he ultimately wants to do, yeah. he has to do it on a, on his own. And I, I can't push him anymore. Well, you know what? This particular topic is not exclusive to a Caden Glover or any academy player or any level player. You know, talk, talk about, though, uh, the the good uh, habits you just talked about. Um, Caden knows how to travel. I m- my wife and I just had this conversation the other night about Beckett. He is he's been on a plane more times before he's hit <laughs> right. fifteen than we did before we hit like thirty five. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And it's the travel bag. It's the toothpaste. It's the extra pairs. All that. Yeah. But more, most importantly, coming home with all of it. Right. That's the biggest part is coming home with what you left with and. He's still learning to pack everything. There's times where he's missed something, but you know, he's he's also he has they you know these kids have a lot going on and they're forgetful, and and you forget something and you got to pay. Shit, my so, wife left her sweatshirt in the Columbus Crew Stadium on the way did. to Cincinnati, and it only cost you forty eight dollars yeah. at the bar and grill we were at to replace it. Yeah. So, exactly, same thing. I got no, fined. No, but I mean, you I, did I, get fined. <laughs> You got fined. She didn't get fined. She <laughs> right. won. But I, but I think there's like there, there's a lesson. There's a moral of the story here that I think that really for all kids, I don't care if they're soccer or basketball or whatever. We as parents, all too often, you know, fill the bag. And well, put we the enable bag. the forgetfulness because we're yeah. behind picking everything up, and and we're as parents, my wife and I, we're just as guilty because. We're constantly trying to manage all of our kids, and so it's it's a good experience for him to grow up in an environment that's kind of an ecosystem because there's a lot of professional people that are handling these teams. It's not like they're just going somewhere and there's only one or two people. Yeah. There's a staff that's with all of these kids, so it's a different experience, but it's giving them the building blocks to make bigger decisions in their life as they come their way so you know when even like today you know Caden he has to drive down to city and he had to take tests today for finals he had to contact the team admin that to say that he's missing you know first team training because he's taking finals so I don't think I would have done that three years ago I, I would have been the one trying to communicate trying to give all of the information and instead he's in charge of it yeah. and and they prefer it that way the club obviously. does a good job with that because that's yeah. that's even going on at the younger levels and and, and kudos to to you guys and, and really the main kudos go to him because uh, viewing from afar and just being somewhat in the vicinity of what's going on and not really even knowing the kid um what I will say, and there's also other kids in and around his age group that really carry themselves with class. They're not there to 
dick around in the hotel. They're not there to run around and scream at people right. on the fields. Right. They're there to to, yeah. to carry themselves with class. They're there. They're. I mean, he's 16, so like we act like this is no big deal. Somewhere along the way, whether it's because he's got this ultimate goal out there or it's you and your wife's tutelage or maybe it's a collection of all, he gets it. I mean, and, and that's that's what's exciting. And yeah. I think that organizations and the national teams and, and, and knock on wood, potentially uh, club teams, big club teams, even our club team, they see it. And that's why he's the first homegrown signing. That's why he is getting the minutes he's getting because he can take care of that other noise that the pros are expected to do. He's doing it at 16. And, and, and that's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, what I would love to hear you expand upon would be specifically the mental maturity, what Jared is talking about, what we've really been talking about, responsibility, maturity, taking ownership of the situation. Because in your experience, and you've seen it firsthand, uh, Caden and his peers, at this level uh, at which he's playing, that these boys are playing in these events on these teams, talent is a given, right? Yeah. The X factor is what we've been talking about here. Yeah. So for... Go. Let's go all the way down to the rec level, mm-hmm. because what so many of those parents often uh, kind of transpose or just let them be kids. Well, they they mm-hmm. they, they they have really high expectations, or think little Johnny or Janie is more advanced than they are. Yeah, but but they're not wrong they're, in their own mind. Correct. And that's the that's where people go, oh, my gosh, you're so proud of your kid. And I go, but I'm just as proud of my child as you are of yours, because that's what parenting is. Yeah. Well, so what I would like you to speak to, though, is just a tidbit of advice for all level of parents that are in this game in how to try to manage the responsibility portion. Don't you know, for example, don't load your kid's bag or whatever it is. What would you say just to try and like push the learning curve a little bit faster and allow the soccer to be independent of the rest? I think it could probably start with how you watch training and how you view the games. And if you can teach yourself to be an example to your child then that's where you start because the bag stuff and preparation is one thing and it's an important thing but the other part of it is um, when you're at training and you're viewing your child performing or, or lack of performing and you're frustrated because you've been at work all day and then your child's goofing around or they're not acting appropriately and it hurts your ego because you go, well, that's not my kid normally. Like, I can't believe they're wrestling. Yeah. And you go, yeah, but they're kids and they're outside. <laughs> and, and in their mind's eye, they're, they're, they don't have the adult experiences that you have as a parent sitting on the sideline or as a coach. And, you know, like our general rule where we're at is if we don't put kids in timeout, like yeah. kids are going to goof off, that's fine. But at the same time, uh, there's a... There's a, an energy around the training sessions that I conduct with at the rec level or even, you know, rec plus or select where 
it's like the group majority. And if everybody's doing one thing and you're not, I always say one thing is not like the others. Yeah. And then that kind of brings kids back in. Yeah. So as a parent, you start out by saying at training, you own the performance. It's not a reflection of me as a parent. I'm a soccer guy. This is embarrassing. It's none of that. It's your child. Yeah. You don't do that for school. You don't sit in the window and watch <laughs> your child draw an art picture and then criticize them while they're drawing. But I will say, with all of that, what, I, what I've been able to just express here, that's not how I started. I started on the sideline as a parent, fire and brimstone. Like everything was the end of the world. My oldest daughter is 20. She's a junior at Illinois State. And she was in third grade, little third graders, and holiday tournament at VETA. And I memorized the, the Herb Brooks speech, but I, I twisted it for them, yeah. finals. Like I gave it, you know, you know, we're not supposed to beat these guys, but for one night, you know, we're going to beat them and we're going to shut them down because we can. And... The, the team erupted. Well, like later on in life, I had to tell my daughter, like, well, that was a hockey speech. And to this day, we laugh about it because she's like, you gave the greatest holiday classic speech ever. We went out and won six to two or whatever. And so I, I've been there. I've been there where you're, you're angry yep. and you want success and you're putting everything that you have into it and then as you grow up and your your kids will tell you that it's not acceptable anymore and then you have to listen otherwise a great uh advisor of mine said you want your kids to be at thanksgiving when they're 30 because they're gonna have a choice yeah and yeah, how you treat them to choose yeah. you're welcome yeah you're welcome for me so, <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 do have to make a decision that the it's my way or the highway when they're little because you can do that because they're manipulative and you can guide them and push them in a direction. But as right. they get older and they get their own experiences and they start to have their own thoughts, you got to go, well, okay, uh, I'll, I'll take a step back. Yeah. And sometimes you step over the line and then you go, ah, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But I, it's hard because you and, and I'm even I'm talking about even at Caden's level where he's really good. But there's times where, like, I I know he can do better. And then it's it's hard for me to pump the brakes. Yeah, because it's it's like you don't know what is next. Well, let's let's go from pumping the brakes to stepping on the gas about a week and a half week and a half ago. He's up in Chicago, right? Yeah. You, you knew he was going. You probably had no idea what was going to happen, but... Well, we knew nothing. <clears throat> yeah, you probably found out he was going, what, that day? Day before, maybe? We, they left Friday morning. We found out Thursday. Nice. Yeah. So, and that's just the way it is. You, 
it's funny too because as a, people try to get mad at that, and it, I and and, and, you and if you're getting mad at that, I know. I go can. away because, yeah. like, I mean, I, I just I don't have any patience for people getting upset of the short notice of what we're trying to do. Right, and and that's the thing is what city, and I see this on the on my side where you know people want to know what the schedule is in four weeks. And I'm like, four weeks? Like, my kid doesn't even know what he's doing tomorrow. And he's <laughs> he's an employee of the club. Right. But but that's different, right? Because it's... I it, know. It, well, at, at that level, when they're like six, it is it is in the sense Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. what you're saying where like, hey, these guys are making real-time decisions, like in the moment. And they're, they're like, hey, you're going. Or, hey, you're not going. And, and that... There's injuries, yeah, there's, there's sicknesses, there's, there's, I mean, shit, we just came out of a pandemic. Right. Like, and, and this is like minuscule compared to the professional atmosphere, but we're talking about it at the academy level, even in city, or even if you take it a step back and go to the, some of the non-professional academies, yeah. if they're actually paying for the travel, I mean, they're, they got a hundred thousand dollars in airfare and hotels. That's the craziest part of it. I mean, it's like, it. just, it, you know, you're in soccer season, you know, there's an event right. and react, and, you know? And, and I remember when they sent out the first email of the list of, like, who was on the squad for the 05s. Right. And, like, you're going, you're reading all the names, and you're like, oh, oh, my God, he's on it. I can't believe he's on it. And then you're like, the second thing is, who's his roommate? <laughs> right. And then you go, he doesn't even know that kid. And then that's – and then – I hope he's got an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so going to the city, to the – to Chicago uh, a week and a half ago, Miggy was his roommate. And so they they enjoy each other because they've played, you know, uh, 18 months together. Right. They went to Florida together with the first team back in January. They have a good relationship. So that is comforting. In, a, in its own rightful way, it helps Miggy out and it helps Caden out because you go into a room – with somebody that you don't know and you're like, well, I got, I got to use the bathroom Yeah, and you're, you're uncomfortable. So when you know somebody, you're like, Hey dude, I'm gonna go to the bathroom yeah. or you don't even say it. You just go in there or you go, Hey, I get up early. I'm taking the first shower or not, but you don't know that until yeah. a couple of times when you're <clears throat> rooming with all these people. And for, for Miggy's sake, he's rooming with for real adults Right, the with kids and, and a wife. Well, yeah. and, and that's that's one thing I wanted to point out because obviously the two those two boys in particular are, are like the pride of uh, St. Louis club community right now with what they're doing on the first team. Uh, Miggy was celebrated recently all over socials his 18th birthday. Right, um, t- two months ago. When was Caden's birthday? March. Yeah. And how he just turned sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. So I mean, what kind of car does he got? <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. This what, is so. What, what, did, we, what did we hook him up no, with? No, this is so. Well, he's pretty tall. He's not a Camry. No, no, no. Be. So this is terrible timing. <laughs> I've had a Jeep Cherokee for six years, and we were in the pro. I wanted. I've always wanted a Bronco, but we were waiting. Yeah. So right before the end of the year, a Bronco showed up. Me and Caden, we went, and I, and I was like, dude, if this is it, we're buying it. Like. We meaning like because we're together, but it's mine, right? Yeah. So we go to the car dealership, and I'm so like, how's your Jeep Cherokee still? Yeah, right. Trust me. <laughs> go no, ahead. I've <laughs> seen him a few times. Yeah. I believe Caden's driving a Jeep. Yeah. So, 
uh, you know, we buy it. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later or a week later, he signs with City. And the optics of it looked terrible. It just was timing of it. But he has, you know, Caden has a twin brother. So yep. they, they share this Jeep Cherokee. And they, <laughs> when they took it over from me, they were like, oh, my God, there's all this soccer stuff in the back. I got home one time and everything was in the yard. Like they had just <laughs> kicked me out of that car. <clears throat> and so uh, now, you know, they have their own thing. And so they have to time it to where, you know, because Caden is on a, a certain school schedule, he would, they would both go to school. Neither one of them really liked driving. So it's a fight in the morning of who's going to drive to school. But then Caden would take the car on down to city. And then either my wife or I would have to go pick up our other son after school. So the car situation is, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're normal. Like we have normal teenager problems. We, you know, we got, we got a parking lot in our driveway. We have a lot of cars in it. It looks like Sanford and son of like sort of nice cars, but nothing, nothing trashy, but nothing outrageous. No, no. It's a utilitarian driveway. Yeah. Right. Cherokee's a good first car. I don't care who you are. I love it. And I've always loved driving it. The problem (laughs) in our house is whoever backs into the driveway last is usually not the first person out. Yep. So in the morning, everybody's like yeah, everybody's up and sleepy moving. head hair, walking around, and you're <laughs> like, you got to move the car because we're leaving. You know, and you're like, oh my God, like well, everybody calm he, down. He, these boys turn March and uh, turn, turn 16 in March. So you kind of, it was probably chilly. Um, that's going to be a mother effort when it becomes... December, January, and February this year with the car shuffle <laughs> yeah. because it's cold. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I would take it on in a heartbeat because it means that our family is vibrant and healthy. And, you know, we have four kids. We have six total drivers in the house. Yeah. And it's it's crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's my question. Let's get back to Chicago real quick. He travels. You know he's up there. You know the prospect. You know, we talked earlier about the Belgium game with U.S. and what he did there. Um, When you guys are sitting there watching the game in real time and, you know, you see him walk up to sub in, what what was that experience like? That's a culmination moment in Uh, anybody's. It's a pinnacle life moment. It's a core memory for him. It was a core memory for our family because my my daughter graduated high school. So we have four kids. I have two older daughters and then the boys. And so it's her graduation day. It's her graduation party that we're celebrating. And we we just happen to have the the game on TV. So everybody's enjoying themselves and you know there's no announcement of like who's going in or anything. Right, right. And they just showed him on the screen. And I was like, did oh my er- God, he's going in. Did it erupt? And everybody was like cheering, going crazy. And then it was dead quiet. And then his brother saying, don't screw up. <laughs> yeah. Don't screw up. <laughs> no, probably he was like, uh, why does his hair look like that? Yeah. Or, you know, like something to just say whatever. But, you know, the the reality was... With my wife and I sitting there, our friends and family, 
it was better than probably being in the stadium. Yeah. Because it was our close knit. It was our crew that we are tight with. It's family, and uh, both sets of grandparents are there. Oh, that's special. Aunts and uncles. And so you go, you can't really draw this up any better. No. Because you can't do that in a stadium and, you know, and it's so crazy. But in Bridgeview, Illinois. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) So fortunately, we had the best experience, at least in my opinion. And we had no possible way of attending live. Yeah. And it just happened to work out to where it was good for everyone involved. That's awesome. And he was stoked to come home that night and we celebrated. He got to keep his jersey. We just framed it. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Well, but you skipped a part of the story because we were texting the other day and I, I sent you a congratulations. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing. You might remember exactly what you typed, but you were like, yeah, but you know, he's kind of still a teenager. He came home and threw that shit on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's true right in the laundry room. And, and then they were going to wash it. And I was like, no, you can't wash the first game worn jersey right. like that thing has to go in you know the the frame <laughs> dirty and and so it it's just one of those things where as a parent you're trying like i got in and i i guess it's weird i don't know but i started collecting his shoes hell no that's not fucking weird <laughs> no dude jared just got goosebumps he's like oh my no, god that's i want to see them. Weird. i, I have his me? shoes all the way down to probably like second grade one of not the whole set. I, I keep one. Yeah. And usually, like, mm-hmm. one of those shoes, if I, you know, happen to go look at them or whatever, I'm like, I remember certain games with those shoes on. And I remember, like, him getting ready to score a goal at Veta when he was really little. And, and a mom was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, people so, have an so, expectation of this. So you're like, you now have you're you're kind of like the shoe whisperer. You know, you walk down, you remember the stories with these shoes. I love that. But what's jumping into my mind though is because I know you guys ultimately landed at Gallagher. Did you like take a full bag at their fall donation of just single <laughs> shoes that were sent to <laughs> well, Ecuador? Yeah, there's the a bunch Ecuador of kids running in circles because they shoe. only have one shoe. Yeah. yeah, I would be happy to support that. <laughs> All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna do a quick refill here. Take a little break. A little Detroit Rock City on the way out. We'll be right back with Jason and J Rod. Hey folks, it's Zach Lewis with the Soccer Dad Pod. Here's our latest one-star review. Titled, You've Got to Be Kidding Me. This has to be a joke. Mocking me and my girls for cheering and supporting our kids is bullshit? How are they supposed to get better if they aren't focusing on kicking it hard? Explain that to me, soccer nerds. Thanks, Karen. Baritone. And there you have it, folks. I just checked your podcast. You're still at a five. At least we on are. my app. We, 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 we luckily are. Um, my dad rates it pretty high. He should. I <laughs> gave you guys a five. You gave us a five? Oh, heck yeah. Did, and you, did it, you type a review or did you just click five? No, I typed in. I think I said something very uh, pleasurable. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really good, except for when they talk. No, no. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've been a fan and, you know, 
from my perspective, I listen normally if I'm cutting grass, I'll listen. I listen to the Noonan interview. Um, how good was that? I mean, you guys, I don't know. How, I mean, I know how you guys get all these guys. Like, you're very well connected. But how do you get these guys? Because it's, I don't, um, I don't, I should not be here because of who you bring in. Oh, uh, no, no. But the, uh, the reality no, is no, 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 you guys shit. have crazy guests. Here's, here's the reality of the feedback. I would say it's 60-40. 60% of the feedback I get of people that are, you know, specifically either reaching out to me that know me personally or standing in front of me and talking about it, they tend to like the normal guests. The quote, realness. Normal. They, they love... But Noonan was real. They love the connection. He got in real. He's, well, he, he's a super real dude, except for the fact that he's, you know, <laughs> yeah, national like, team stud, <laughs> MLS stud, all that, crazy. you know, first in the East. But I mean, there's a connectivity between the conversation, the people that we have that are parents that are going through the process or just have good stories or just good people. Think yeah. about the Bill McDermott episode. I mean, just like waking up that next day, you know, doing what we're doing, um, loving this game, being in this city, having these um, ambassadors, uh, if that's the right word, of our game and having that gentleman speak where he's at home on a microphone I mean, that's one episode where we could have just shut up and just said, hey, Bill, talk. His no, voice no. was like he was calling a game. It was so beautiful. I know. But then he started singing Leonard Cohen songs. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but, but let me give you a true story. Just the other day, this is um, actually it was early this morning. So we dropped the Noonan episode and immediately, you know, our, our phones are kind of dinging with soccer guys that are like, damn, Pat, really great story. You know, all the Dismet camp. Came yeah. out of the woodworks. Mm -hmm. I got a message from a woman that is in somewhere in nowhere, Indiana, on Facebook, uh, and it was through this uh, uh, parent parent soccer connection or whatever. Oh, okay. It was a D, it was a, a PM private message. She's like, "Hey, we have a son that is you know we really didn't know what to do. He's at the top of his group here in in Indiana. We're not in an MLS next market, you know. And I happened to come across your episode with Ron Champagne." Ron is a fellow dad. His son is on the team with our boys, Bijan. Mm -hmm. Well, they live in Peoria. And oh, yeah. he, had, he had sent him to IMG at first. Yeah. And then now he's at City and he's boarding over at Chaminade. And her reply was, it really helped us just kind of think about what is important and to let him help drive the decision. Yeah. You know, and I'm paraphrasing. But to, to the point of our conversation, there are more people that just want to like they're, they're all going through the same thing that you went through, that we're going through. Yeah. You know, it's the fact that, you know, Caden is doing what he's doing at the level that he is. That is the anomaly. That is the 1% of the one percenters, yeah. you know, and our boys happen to be in the one percenters as a group, as a group, but 99% of everybody else, they're just like us, yeah. you know, just with kids at different levels. So well, they can relate. Yes. This is what you're saying. I, and, and, yeah. and it's not sports specific either. I mean, nope. like if, if you have a um, a kid playing youth sports, boy or girl. Competitively. Competitively in, in any sport. Um, I, I think as a group off mic, we have talked to, to, to just try to be relatable. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of more of the, the, the shithousery guy and Zach's more of the cerebral type. And JB, you keep us on the rails. But having you folks, oh, you thanks. specifically, 
um, and these other gentlemen and, and women that you, you are referring to, I mean, it, I, I, I like listening to it. You know, I mean, I, I, I think it's it's been helpful. Yeah, there's something to learn from people that are going through it, because even the conversations that you and I have had, JB, we, we kind of help each other. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that I talk to that, you know, they go, well, hey, this is happening. And then I say, all right, well, what does your child think? What what do you think? Yeah, because, what, do, what do they want? Yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> It gets complicated when right. you think you're going to make a decision for your child, but they probably already have a thought themselves. And it's it gets difficult because there was a time before City where we were strongly considering moving Caden to Chicago and being in a very specific environment and getting trained multiple hours a day. And we didn't do it. But... Thank the God. thought process of you were, well, that's that's exactly right. Thank God, because think about the time you don't get to see him now, or or, or the level of uh, non-involvement that you and your wife are going through, along with your other kids and and, and a family unit as a whole. Yeah, I mean, he is being from Columbia, Illinois. He's a 34 minute ride uh, without traffic and he's still going through school and doing all the things that 16 year old kids are doing in addition to this if he was in chicago holy shit yeah i mean and and you lose a part of your child being in your family where like for example when when he was in italy he was so the time change was so different that when we would talk to him like the first night or two, he didn't say much. Yeah. And he has a roommate he doesn't know. And and then we were like, you know what? We're just going to do FaceTime and just prop him up like on the kitchen table while we're eating dinner. And we're not having a direct conversation. Like, how's it going? What did yeah. you eat today? Like all of those questions. Are you stretching? Yeah. All <laughs> of those questions are irrelevant. He just wanted to hear our family. Yeah talking or not talk like just being involved but not being involved as if you were just That's sitting real. at dinner yeah That's so real so that was something that we really started to do more often because it helped us as parents because we weren't getting the information right because he wasn't in the mindset of sharing at that time and so that was another thing that we had to learn like he will tell us in due time yeah because if i if he if i pick him up from the airport and i go how was it you know and he he doesn't give in but if it's the next day and we're driving somewhere he'll tell me a story and i'll be like dude that's the greatest thing ever why i want to know that i want to know who you sat next to in the locker room i want to know that they tell you that you're in charge of all the shoes like i i want to know everything but was I it, can't. Was that the extra charge <laughs> yeah. on top of the 40 no. bucks? This was Not only did he have to pay 40, but he had to like carry no, everybody else. This was in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what Burke had to dinner for <laughs> <Yeah>. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> did he have yeah. to cut the bites? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, you get to find out about these guys. Yep. And you go, "Oh my gosh, like he's in on he's in on the inside, not the core inside cuz right. obviously he's not around them that much." But, like, he knows stuff about these guys yeah. where they're telling him. They're like, oh, man, when I did this. You know, Berkey talks about, like, some of the games. And he and he's like, he played with Erling Holland. 
Well, that, I'm glad you brought that up. He in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like shit. That, it, so he's one person away from a, a player that, that Caden respects very much. And, and he's talking to this guy who played with him. That, 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 when we went to the first meeting with Lutz, and he kind of gave us the whole city mantra, and w- when Caden and I walked out, like he had, Lutz was in Barcelona, Messi, Pep, like the whole thing. And we walked out and I was like, we're not supposed to be here. <laughs> like this is not, this, like I'm, I'm mature. I, I know how this, th- this is not us. Like we're speaking to a guy that like was with Messi. Yeah. We're one person away from the greatest soccer player ever. And, and then you go, well, he likes Caden too. <laughs> yeah. You go, all right, I guess we'll just get yeah. in the yeah. Jeep Cherokee well, and drive he's, off. Yeah. yeah, he must be a smart guy. He likes my kid. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But it's bizarre. So, so talk, talk, talk about currently. Um, you know, now that he's had an extensive amount of time now training with the first team, you know, taking the field, you know, he's around them. Um, you know, as much as you can, who are some of the players that have stood out to him early in that kind of, oh, hey, dad, check this out. This is what he does. This guy's a pro. You know, you know, who impresses him? I think it's the whole system. The system that's in place is it's professional. Right. There's, it's not a hooligan group of guys. You can tell by the way that they carry themselves Mm -hmm. on the field, off the field, uh, Bradley Carnell, gentleman. You can tell the entire Lutz, gentleman. Think about the Twelman. assistant coach, Hackworth. Yeah, Hackworth. I mean, that guy, if he's, he's not a on general. a if, yeah. if he's not a first-team coach in the near future, right. I'll kiss your ass. Because that dude <laughs> is... That's a I good mean, bet. I think you're I, not kissing my ass. I mean, I mean, he that dude is a, a... I mean, think about his resume. Yeah. That, so... When you go, well, who stands out? They all do for different reasons because there's so many great people involved. And then you go, all right, well, there's got to be something wrong. And you go, ah. I, I mean, we're, we're in it, and it's beautiful. Yep. I, if I could say that I was in a dream, I'd be like, you're in a dream. That's awesome. Caden is in a dream, and he, he's living inside it. And yeah, it's, I it's mean, incredible. I mean, look, your, your, your son is, you know, scored against Belgium, had that goal. He starts in Chicago. He's, he also scored against O.A. Gallagher. You, you, you got, yeah. You, you got <laughs> your, 31 times. You, you got your Bronco that you've been waiting forever. And now the pinnacle of all of it, <laughs> yeah. you're here on the mic with us right. two turds. Not <laughs> at all. Beers at Amsterdam Tavern, man. My, my greatest uh, <laughs> night. Well, I would say the KC night was great. My greatest night was the Open Cup when we hung out at Hellcat. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. In the state, I mean, fun. there was a lot of people there. It wasn't yeah. like it normally is. But I, that's the first time I've ever walked around the stadium. I normally just go to my seat, and I saw you guys there. I was told by Caden to not sit by him. <laughs> he didn't want Dan right sitting next to him. So I went and I was like, oh, I guess I'll go sit in my seat. Like, well, I like you my won, seat. You know, because he's not buying you beers yeah, and pretzels, right. right? Right. I'm buying him. So No, I mean, you know, the stadium, the stadium experience has been, we've talked about it a lot. We, me and Jared always talk about it. But for you now, like, 
you know, you're no. You're an OG in the scene. You saw it all being built. Your son was coming up in the process. You felt a direct connection to the team because of all of those things going on. But as a simplistic North County 314 kid. Very simplistic. Like, I'm probably not even supposed to be sitting here. Like, this is not my life. I can (laughs) tell you that. When, When, you know, that first game, when you walked in and you saw ex-friends, ex-teammates, ex-coaches, you know, you're bumping into us, talking shit. Everybody's yeah. fist bumping everybody around right. here. Yeah. You know, we, we we love to hear what people think here in the first pass. What is that stadium? What does this team mean to you independent of Caden? I know it's virtually impossible for you to no. probably separate, but talk yeah. about that a little bit. I, I have caught myself saying I'm in love with this club and I assume if Caden wasn't in it, I would still love it, maybe not as much. I don't know. But I love what they do. I, I loved the logo when they came out with it. <laughs> yeah. I loved the jersey. I lo- we talked about, like, the cool home jersey. What they, like, I like the yellow trim. I just love everything about it. It's, yeah, that yellow stripe it, is. It is epic. Even when, you know, City went down to Florida and they had the training gear on and it was the Adidas and – just like the end of the string had a little yellow thing on, and I was like, "This is like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Who's designing this?" And we talked about that. Yes, but are you are you as pragmatic as Jared when he doesn't have a pair of pants? Do you go to the merch store and buy the hundred eighty two dollars sweatpants? So, I got in trouble <laughs> in the store. I picked up they one look of their, good on me. They, I mean, what doesn't though? So. I picked up a sweater. I like old retro sweaters. Yeah. And I was like, I'm getting this. It didn't have a price on it. And the lady rang it up. Rightfully so, it's expensive. It was it was not in my wheelhouse to just buy it with my wife standing next to me. <laughs> if I was in a pinch, I probably would have bought it. But with she was like, are you going to buy that? And I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do buy stuff all the time. Like, I bought this. 90s windbreaker jacket because I thought it looked cool. You just need to start stealing Caden's well, gear, dude. <laughs> no, I don't, no, 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 I don't fit is... in it. I'm a little, uh, I got, I don't know, I'm like caught in between being fat and like chubby. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like, are, you not... be, are you between uh, tennis and pickleball? You want another I... Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, speaking of There's vintage... answers at the bottom of the next Guinness. Speaking of vintage things and gear and everything that you love, that's a perfect se- segue into your passion, your yeah. club, that is the Steamers yeah. Soccer Club. Yeah, you know, and can we talk about the trademark too? Can we rewind the clock? Oh, we're a gonna bit? we're gonna go there. So, <laughs> so mean, right now, for phenomenal. those of you that are listening, if you love merch and you love the yellow stripe and all that stuff, and you love cool merch, there is no more iconic merch in the city of St. Louis than the Steamers jerseys. Yeah, and you have a stranglehold. Yeah. On that line. On the trademark, yeah. You myself and my business partner Doug Gum, so we've been running the steamers and we we have the steamboat and I have a uh, a fluorescent light from when I was little, like eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. It says Budweiser on the bottom. It's got the MISL soccer ball coming through it with a Pilsner glass and then it's got the steamboat. And for many years I've always just had that light and 
it's my favorite logo of all time. I, I love that logo. And I don't know if it's because I just remember going to the games and like I just saw Jeff Cacciatore last Saturday at, at the uh, city park. And, and I was with Steve Petra and I was like, Oh my God, like the third idol. Did, did you ask was, them to like empty their pockets for the orange ball? Yeah, You're like, right. do you got an orange ball yeah, on you, don't you? They probably do. <laughs> but the third idol that I had growing, you know, it was Petcher and it was Jeff Cacciatore and it yeah. was Slobo. Yeah. Like those are my guys. And to see two of out of the three, it, I was, and I told my wife, I go, I can't, you know, she's not from here. And I was like, these are, these are my idols growing up. And of course, and I say that to Mr. Cacciatore and he, he just kind of, he doesn't know who I am, but Petra does. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'll just back away. <laughs> like, I, felt like I, was in the, I felt like I was in the wrong space all of a sudden. I was like, all right. Because they're, they're iconic. Yeah. They are St. Louis soccer. And I was like, yes, sir. I, I appreciate meeting him face to face and just being at those games and watching them. And it was that weird, that blue color. Nobody had it. That and turquoise. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you think it was that weird green that was with it, with I, the blue? It was just I think it all was. It was. It was just a. I think somebody pri- probably ran different colors, and like an intern screwed up the print, and, and they were like, that's "Holy what they shit, went. that was or do awesome!" Do you think they modeled it after like like appliances back then? Because remember those weird <laughs> green, they, the green yellow. and the yellow, the ban- <laughs> like it was like dark, well, dead banana yellow. Well, so so. What I, what I want you to talk about a little bit and let people know because I I know en- enough to be dangerous but I but I love what you do uh, on the club soccer side because you know most people if 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 I were to tell somebody hey you know Jason Glover uh, Caden's dad runs a club in Columbia Illinois you should check it out they're going to have this expectation or probably this preconceived notion of, you know, little Brazilian studs running around and, you know, super high end, this kind of like pre-academy, academy vibe. But that's not what you lean into. Yeah, I lean into the mass majority. Yeah. And you've told me a number of times, I think one of your favorite sayings is when you talk about the kids, you're like, you know, what I love about my kids is my kids show up and they've got shin guards on the outside of their socks. Yeah. And half of them don't know which, dire- which direction to run. Yeah, or blue jeans. Yeah. Like, it, it happens. And I'm okay with that because at the, at the end of all of it, they have the same expectation the parents do. Whether I, if I was at Gallagher being a trainer or if I was at Steamers, the parents have the same expectation. Train my kid. And so I don't care what the kid looks like. I don't care if they're not good. They're, they're good in their parents' vision. And teach and, all the values that this sport provides yeah, to a absolutely. seven to whatever age group kid. Yeah, because at the end of – when you go to these training sessions and you've got like uh, – You've got 10 kids. We, we normally go like 40, but we split them up into 10. And then every group has like two or three coaches that aren't parent coaches. They're all slew kids. They're all ambush guys. They're soccer people. Yep. And then you go, and this has been told to me, I can't believe we're on a Monday night in a park and we have this type of training. Yep. And it's it for, doesn't for, make sense for, for rec. Yeah, for rec. Yeah, for rec. And, and I and I love that because the more that I've been around and, and helping out with the club on different things and learning more about really kind of the fundamental your, your mission statement, for lack of a better term. You, you know, 
there needs to be more clubs or an expansion of the mentality uh, that you are inserting into the club because what you're really doing is you're focusing on, look, we need to balance uh, uh, fun, uh, empathy. We talked about it off yeah. mic. Yeah, you know, empathy. So many of these clubs are extremely good, very, very good at player development. But empathy within that organization or within that group or that training session or that transition to the parent is not part of the process. So how do you what's how how do you attempt to instill that empathy and that and that caring touch to the process at Steamer Soccer Club? Well, we're not any different in the sense that we have the same type of kids that every club has. Sure. It's just that we put our a lot of our coaches into this age group, the rec side. And so when when a kid comes out and some kids are they're they're not ready for organization. They they could have some different challenges, behavior challenges. And and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a child who's still trying to figure out like hey the whole group is sitting down and you're standing and kicking a ball and it just hit another kid in the head and I'm okay with saying not in an angry way but just saying do you think that that's a good idea to do that or is that a bad idea <laughs> I just I, my wife said that to me last night <laughs> yeah. I just had a flashback <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. shit my wife said that to me multiple <laughs> times a day right. actually she just texts you on repeat yeah. she doesn't even yeah. know what you're doing Jared yeah. she's yeah. like Good idea or bad idea? Yeah, because that's the reality <laughs> yeah. of it, though. And then after like two weeks, because, you know, maybe a parent will come up to me and be like, I just don't think that my kid's getting involved. And I said, listen, this is my explanation for the first two weeks. You ever go to a party and you're with your spouse and they probably know everybody and you're just there because you're at a work party for, the, for your spouse and you're like, oh, my God, we're sitting here. But you don't know anybody. And it's awkward. I said, well, here's your child. They don't know anybody. And they have an adult who is an imposing figure because it's an adult. And they're telling you about this game that you've never played before. And then you go, and they're supposed to just all of a sudden break out of their shell? No. It, it takes time. Yep. So it's not just six weeks. It's, it's a process of, hey, it's six weeks and then we stop for four weeks and then we pick back up and if you want your child to continue to develop not necessarily for soccer but just behavior wise yeah. just understanding in life. yeah just in yeah. life yeah, absolutely. how much validation and or joy do, do you and your staff get with explaining that same situation and then and then fast forward the clock six months one year and you and, see it and you see the progression i love it i mean is that I, not just the most heartwarming flipping thing you ever even so been around? it's it what's it's what drives the club it's actually what motivates me i don't have a kid in the club i don't technically have a reason to ever do it ever again I do it because I love the club. I love the logo. I love what we stand for. <laughs> I love that we take kids that end up going to other clubs. We've sent a lot of kids to Scott Gallagher. We've right. sent them to Luf. We're sending an entire team that's in the premier division, girls' side, to Luf Hughes. That's awesome. Like, because it's the right thing to do. 
That's we can't awesome. support because them. That team and those kids and those families and that coach get it, and you're passing, you're paying it forward. Yeah, because uh, they need to go play in a system that is giving them more than what they're going to get from us, and they need more players. They need to be around better players for longer periods of time. And so, you know, like that's my job. My job is to reach out to the Petras of the world the Gargans of the world, mm-hmm. you know, Donigans of the world, and say, hey, we got we got some kids. Yeah, uh, that would it, fit nicely in your Yeah, area. because if, if I'm not doing that, then I don't want to do what we're doing at the rec level because they don't – they don't equal each other. Has Daryl Duran ever came to you no. specifically and no. asked to pay for the trademark <laughs> and or the logo? I would. Because he could be riding on the steamship. Yeah. I, I would, I he, would, yeah, he would be like a gladiator, you know, yeah. in he the would be throne. In between yeah. the two uh, smoke pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. with a big sword or, you know, like something going crazy. But yeah. yeah. Oh, what's that? What's that captain from Jaws? He would be that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking because I'm. Gonna uh, a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna need a bigger. Because I'm a complete dipshit. I was thinking about Moby Dick, and I was thinking about that captain that I couldn't even. I wasn't quick enough to say Ahab. his name. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, Duran to the steamers is Ahab to Moby Dick. Yeah. He is. There's a lot of guys that are like that though that stand for the steamers that are old, like Carl Rose, mm-hmm. uh, Redmond Lane, Lane Ebert. You know, you start naming, Ebert, yeah. yeah, you name Strimlaw, you name these guys, Vaniger. They all played, and then you see them on YouTube, and you watch them, and you're like, Dude, I remember, I remember the Wichita Wings game that's on YouTube. <laughs> and, I, and I remember being like, I hate Wichita. I hate the Comets. I, so... You know, the Chicago Sting. There's all the, and, and what we do in our rec program is we call all of our uh, rec teams after the old MISL franchises. And so, like, there's the soccer's, there's the wings, sidekicks, the nice. blast. And so. Do, do you skip the comets? I. Oh, I should because I know what show I'm on. I probably I, I need to. That, yeah. was, that is not a trick question. No, that is I a know. legitimate question. No, it's a fair. It's a, actually, it's a. I think it was a warning. I don't think it was a question. I think it was a warning to make sure they're not on you there. You take anymore. it however you please. <laughs> uh, so you know, actually, let's dig into that a little bit because we've been we've been uh, close enough here the last few months working together. You know, talking about the boys, everything else. You've been listening to the show. We've talked a ton of shit. I have, obviously. You definitely went. <laughs> I even texted you and said, what are you going to do, bro, if they don't win? <laughs> yeah. But, you, well, you and about 32 other people <laughs> yeah. texted me on Saturday night. Like, I, somebody, was, uh, somebody was like, you realize, if they lose, if your team loses, you will have to delete all of your podcasts. Everything. <laughs> Everything. You have to go in and You have incognito. to wipe it clean. Like, you're going to have to take it to the <laughs> FBI building next to city and tell them to wipe it. That's true. That's true. They probably would help me out in, in this particular case. <laughs> but talk, talk, talk about, as a St. Louisan, right? You, you went to, uh, remind me again, because I got it wrong with the tournament you championship. Did, yeah, Hazelwood East. You went to Hazelwood East. Not so, a soccer powerhouse, but we were good enough to at least 
sort of give Hazelwood Central, Hazelwood West, yeah, you know, a run for their money. But McClure, yeah, North. McClure North, McClure, yeah, Granite City tournament. Yeah. You know, well, you didn't give us money. No, no, you, you stole <laughs> our money. What's that? Yeah, right. Oh my! See, no, no, go ahead. See, this guy went to St. Dominic. You know uh, how many times they were invited to our tournament? Yeah, gooser. I don't. I think you invited <laughs> Hazelwood East just to beat us. It, we did because well, Gene Baker was from the neighborhood oh, okay, up there, yeah, so yeah. he was. Uh, so he was, was sentimental a, to was the favor. area. Yeah, and I and I heard that somebody from Winsville called asking to get in, and he's like, "This is what? What is this? Is a rotary phone? What are you doing?" Here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of like that whole North County area, and you think of like. Twillman's just for kicks and yep. I, I grew up like going up those steps going up to the bar and there was a picture of Slobo making a huge save and Petcher's in that picture yeah and I I sent it was him probably his guy yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no hell no that dude was a hammer yeah and, well, but the thing is though like that I grew up at Twillman just for kicks I grew up at Delwood. Yep. I grew up Jamestown. at the Jamestown Sports Complex. Like I grew up in all of those little hot areas of soccer, Transfiguration Parish. You go and you start and you hear the people that come on this radio show and they talk about like the 60s, 70s, and 80s of CYC. It was and, legit. And it was legit. You remember the um, <clears throat> nowadays with our kids and our cars, we play in these turf facilities, and we got all those little black um, little little pellets pellets there yeah. in nowadays. shoes and yeah. socks. Not back then. Do you remember playing at Delwood? and With um, the Steamboat logo in the middle. And, and, and at Jamestown, and then coming home and not having any skin on your body. Right, yeah. But then also having a bunch of sand. Remember yeah, the, the sand. sand that was on the turf? There was so much sand, and if you got a rug burn, you got sand that in the rug burn. That wasn't sand. That was petrified skin from all the kids that slid before. Maybe. Or <laughs> smoke, smoke sediment, because everybody smoked while you were playing. Yeah, no The Don shit. Dallas Budweiser tournament. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me ask your opinion real quick, because obviously, we you know, we, we started talking and joking about the whole uh, Sporting KC slash rivalry, whatever. Uh, you know, North County, you're the, the all around the city. St. Louis is built on rivalries. We start with all of our all of our rivalries are really from yeah, within. Right. CYC, you advance up to club, and then you get into the high schools. You know, we, we thrive on towns. It. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, towns, right. city to city. You know, and now um, my question is going back to Caden. You know, because obviously him coming up through the Steamers Club. Uh, I mean, he was there till uh, seventh grade. Yeah, so 12, yeah. 13, somewhere in there. Thirteen, yeah. Okay, and then goes to Gallagher's, playing up, does yeah. everything, and transfers to City. Um, do do you have you had a conversation with him about you know who does he like, who does he not like? More importantly, does he have for, rivalries? For teams? Yeah, like a rival yet? Is it building in, or is did he just skip over all of that nuance? So you guys talk about this a lot. There's no end in their performance. Right. So there is no rivalry for these kids that are competing at the highest level because they don't go to State Cup. Like, I, I lost in State Cup. I won in State Cup. Caden never played in State Cup. Like, right. he, he doesn't have those tournament experiences where you, you literally are devastated. He's been devastated in other ways through the sport, but the personal rivalry 
they it just never occurred because for one we didn't win very much when he was playing for the steamers we had a great team but we didn't have depth so we we hung with everybody yeah but you know we were like middle of the road take Caden off we're struggling but rightfully so you know that that's just the reality of it and if anybody's like oh yeah he used to play his son well what would you do <laughs> like yeah, he's my son, but he's also really oh, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like, well, I I want to you know, and I want I want to like point that out for any listeners that are like, you know, going through the process of deciding where their child should be. As a frame of reference, Caden was at the Steamer Soccer Club till thirteen, right? Yeah. So from it, kindergarten to thirteen. So so, and you and I have talked a lot about this preconceived notion and these unrealistic expectations from the majority of parents, you know, in the clubs, the clubs are in the business of the business of soccer. They're not going to turn people away for the most part. They're going to try and accumulate as many as they can. Mm -hmm. But within the St. Louis marketplace right now, between Miggy and Caden, Caden being the youngest, he made it to the top of the pile by playing in essence all the way through to junior high with a rec slash advanced rec team. It was not pre-academy. Right. It was not what most of us are used to looking at or defining. I can attest. Um, this is kind of funny. Um, just because of the age group and the, and the close proximity. Um, and I remember it vividly. This is hilarious. Um, in that age group split is when the club that, that my boy was involved in, they would play a year up in Slisa. And multiple colors of their club would play a year up in Slisa. We would play that Steamers team, Caden's age, before he made the switch. Everybody in the whole park would look when they show up with little Johnny and see if Caden's there. <laughs> oh, shit. And if Caden wasn't there, well, we have a chance. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, it's going to what you're speaking yeah, about. Yeah, no, the moral of the story is, like, I, I want people listening, like, look, do not set unrealistic expectations. Don't think that there's one size fits all. Don't think that the SLSG or Lufus or whoever you're loyal to has to be the solution for your child. Yeah, well, even, it, and it's crazy to say it, but sometimes the steamers isn't the solution. And that's why we moved along our, our one of probably our best team ever in the club is moving on to a bigger club yeah. because it's the right thing to do. So like even Caden had to leave because we couldn't support him anymore. If I had a different approach to it, it wouldn't be for the betterment of his development or for the girls that were moving along to another club. It's, it's not my job. Yeah. I have a regular job, yeah. but I know the game and I know enough people in the area and I know what's right. Yeah, Danny Donigan spoke specifically about this. I mean, and he we referenced, he basically said that he's tired of all the movement, and, and, or not tired, he, he just said that he would prefer that a lot of scenarios is your kid, boy or girl, is in a right spot. They're improving. Don't go just move because you just feel like moving. I mean, he yeah. like go back to the Donigan episode. He spoke way more eloquently than I can. He was uh, about, really good. Yeah, uh, I was about, like, this dude's a this, ringer. <laughs> you were like, I want to play for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah because he—that's he, he, what he said. Everybody's chasing the next great thing, the next great platform, the next great league format, whatever it is. All the clubs here, just 
you can develop in all these clubs. Yeah, and, and here's, that's, that's an attribute of what you guys I, are saying. And I think in a short Reader's Digest version, and I just read this a while ago, trusting the process is patience. That's it. Yeah. And and yeah, you get a bad coach, but you, I mean, you only, you're there for a year. So what? I should try that. I I still read highlights. Because <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. All right, here we go. Check this out. This this one's for you, man. Yes, sir. It is. This time. is it, right oh, here. Yeah. Now everybody. Did you yeah. this? Oh God, I wish I could. This might be a little bit more than the logo. Yeah. Yeah. This we're, is we're gonna one of up. the greatest songs of all time. Though. Oh, it just is a complete flashback. Short right? shorts, down at the barn, Friday night, place smells, smoke. It was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. This, and then uh, the very next night, Van Halen will be playing. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then the blues are playing. Yeah. Jason, thank you, man. Really appreciate you doing this. I know we've we've thank you attempted to put it on the calendar for a while. We're finally yeah. able to make it work. Thank you. Um, kudos to everything you and your family have done in supporting and slingshotting you know, the stud of a child you have and Caden and what he's doing on the field. is It's inspirational not to just this little circle of people telling you face-to-face it is. He's inspiring tens of thousands of kids so just Not keep just that in, in mind St. Louis. No. And, and thank you to, to, to you and your wife as JB said and then also Caden's siblings yeah. because I know it's yeah. been a group family effort and, and, and without those siblings, yeah. uh, girls and and, and twin bro, uh, brother, yeah, I, I, he's not where he's at. Yeah, tell them. tell him to grind on him. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Somebody's got to be the muscle, you know. Well, here's the other thing that you guys have to understand is your boys contributed too, because they competed at some point, and they're there, and they're they're providing that ecosystem at City at Scott Gallagher. It's a lot of people involved. It's a lot of competition. When you talk about those games, the training sessions, like that's part of it. So yeah. the people that have played against them or coached against them or they know them or they've watched them, it's important. And it's not just like I'm some guru. It, it is well, literally many, 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 many hours of playing lots of games, lots of training, lots of 5 a.m. YMCA stuff. Lots of just every person, including your boys and the 08 team, the 07 Gallagher team, the 07 City team now, the 06s, 05s. Like feeding up. Yeah, they're all part of it. It's not just... Well, something. That's, that's it's, kudos to it's the ecosystem. I mean, yeah, just the yeah ecosystem we, 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 every one of these coaches we've mentioned and had on, they are all a part of it. And, 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 I, and I don't know of a person... Gallagher or anywhere in the land here in our ecosystem that's not rooting for that boy because thank you there's a lot of people that are pulling for that son of a gun thank you yeah and um, if you really want to see him, go to the pitch. His picture's on the wall. His dad's. <laughs> hey, come on now. Man, I didn't post that. I don't, we don't post. So no, I know. We were just told, that. When we walked in that night to check it out, I'm like, this is kind of funny, man. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, this is weird. It is. Hey, thank you very much. Jared, as always, thanks for paying the tab. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me on tonight. I appreciate it. Hey, give it, give us a follow, give it a share, and we're going to roll out with a little bit more Steamers action here later. Have a good time tonight. That's-